so very much for joining us for another episode of Talking Cloud. Hey, it's great. I'm here with my good friend and co-host Patrick Pusher. Patrick, how are you, man? Hey, buddy. Awesome. This is a special late night edition. We're doing a late night recording. This it feels different. Feels fun. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, excited about it. Um, so, some interesting stuff planned this week, yeah. but to kick things off, why don't we jump over and get into the newsroom? Sounds good. So, I'll tell you, this I thought was one of the more interesting things, and it's this legislation, uh, The uh, it, what's it called? Cyber Incident Reporting for Critical Infrastructure Act of 2022. And if you look into it, it's more than just nuclear power plants, okay? I mean, there are a lot of organizations that are impacted. But what I found really uh, interesting about this had to do with two key points. Uh, one was the time in which you had to report an incident. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this is from when you discovered, and that's always the issue, right? Uh, Colonial Pipeline, JBS, others, you know, months crawling around inside before... Uh, discovered. But what I thought was really telling uh, was the government's getting up in your kitchen, man, because if you pay ransomware, you got to report that in 24 hours. They want to know. And And so how does that compare to the just the general breach? What's the breach time? Uh, well, what seventy two hours? <laughs> so, right? so breach so, is seventy two, but but if you pay a ransom, twenty four. Wow. That's right. But, but moreover, why wouldn't it be within twenty four hours after you find out about it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess I can understand. Maybe there needs to do some. You know, you need to do some forensics. Some work. Maybe sure. you really need to tear it down. I just. I just thought that was really telling, though, because the government, minute you start throwing money around and they don't know about it, uh, they want to know about it. For sure. Uh, and I can certainly appreciate their intention and desire to be doing a little bit better job tracking all this uh, crypto and, and the subsequent flow of currencies uh, within it. Right. Well, no doubt. I think so, crypto is probably a, a big part of the inspiration for this. You're, you're, you're probably right there for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So let me get over and find my window so I can get to the other story that I wanted to talk about. And that is this one that I thought was also really interesting uh, because what it is is you know, you've got this. I mean, the story was kind of okay, uh, interesting about delivering some specific malware, but it's more about the whole idea that now we're starting to see the use of cyber targeting journalists 
right? I yeah. mean, it used as a weapon. I just absolutely a very I find that fascinating. It, it is fascinating and scary. You know, d- dissenting opinion. Now, you know, you've got lots of physical uh, intimidation. Now, now you've got a, a digital way to do this, right? Boy, that's that is terrifying. And, and we know from Stuxnet and subsequent IoT and other uh, healthcare. Look at man, um, it's not. It, it, it it's not far removed to imagine physical damage. No, from cyber, uh, because in fact we've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. malware on critical uh, systems is is you know, it, it's not like malware on something you can you can take down and have slight business impact. Like malware on mission critical systems is 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 dangerous. Yeah, you know, it and it's why we keep code bases old. It's why we don't migrate to new infrastructure we use you know it's it's often for for the wrong reasons as well but yeah it's a it's a big deal for sure yep so on that note and related to something we spoke about maybe an episode or two ago where we talked about how much how much um uh ransomware originated in russia both not just now at the height of the conflict, but even traditionally, right? Ransomware and Russia go really, really well together. Apparently, so do zero-day exploits in China, which isn't super surprising. Um, it's a really, really uh, informative <laughs> article. If you scroll down, you'll see something that kind of backs up, you know. Uh, Russians are definitely there, as are North Koreans, uh, uh, you know, speak of the devil here, uh, in zero days. But yeah, the, the Chinese seem to really leverage them a lot. And, you know, just as a refresher, a zero day is a vulnerability that one finds, you know, that isn't known. Therefore, right. you know, the vendor hasn't had a chance to even consider or patch. It's So, you know, they're valuable, I think, in more than one way. They're obviously valuable, valuable for that exploit. But then also, you know, they'll bring back the credentials or, or, or the way into that, that environment and they'll sell that information, right, mm-hmm. as a zero day. And people... You know, people buy exploits all the time, but people pay top dollar for zero day because the chance of exploit right. is so high, you know, on, yep. on obviously black market. So, you know, they're, Success. they're super, super valuable. Successful exploit, right? Yes, that's right. Successful right. exploit. So I felt yeah. you know, really, really interesting Although I think um, it's, and scary. We are seeing a much more effective use of AI when it comes to detecting similarities, right? Uh, Attributes that align with, you know, uh, for example, a domain that's only been registered for 24 hours, right? That's always a red flag or or something similar, right? right? So I think that there's been a lot of intelligence because so oftentimes the bad guys will take the the easy way too, right? They'll want to put stuff together using what's been used in the past or what have you, tweak it and change it just enough. But the AI's getting smarter. Uh, not to say that they're not getting smarter. That's right. Or that AI is perfect, and and that's such a, uh, a great segue. Into, Correct. You know this this next Bloomberg article, which is just full of interesting um ideas right but but the point Mm. is you know as as we set out these algorithms to learn they generally consume pretty large data sets depending on how good the algorithms are they do it in a sophisticated way or they do it in a very dumb way that quite frankly 
is 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 ripe for exploitation. Now, I don't know that this this today I believe is theoretical. In, the, in this article, they talk about researchers that have done it and have done it very easily, which is probably the biggest reason it's daunting. But you know, imagine if you've got, you know, this isn't really something we thought about in the data center, largely yeah. because we set things up. We use that, or or even if it was an internet-facing service, right? Maybe the public used a portion of it, but you know, we generally understood how things worked, who accessed them. Of course, we had logs and we analyzed those, but at the public cloud, it's such a different shift in scale, right? Yeah. Our our security products that are watching our environment, that are trying to understand what normal is. Imagine if somebody can get in that environment, make malware look normal. Yep. Have it show up in the log a, a, a bunch Normal of times. with a slight tilt, right? Right. No, right? Normal with some variation that's not correct, a la Stuxnet. It, in, the, it, in the dumbest of algorithms, all you have to do is make it show up a lot. Right. In the most sophisticated ones, of course, it takes a lot more than that. You know, multiple signals like you talked about a little bit earlier. But, but you know, yep. the, the, the bad guys aren't looking for the sophisticated ones. They're looking for the low-hanging fruit. So it'll yep. be... It'll be interesting to see if this is ever used in, in the wild, right? I, I sure hope not, but if it's as big of a threat the epitome, as, as you think it is. The, the epitome of misinformation. Oh, boy. That's right. Programmatic <laughs> you know, misinformation. I mean, it, we, we've heard that, so buddy. much of that in the news, in the headlines, and this fake news, and that fake news, and they're fabricating the story, and they are... Talk about the potential of really skewing things just by simply poisoning the data, these huge data sets that are largely what AI depends on, right? That and the algorithms that tell it what to do with it. That's right. Disinformation as code. Yeah. There's a new there's a new business, but it's on the wrong it's on the wrong side. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. But boy, you know that it's it, 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 for for a for a security nerd, uh, read this one. There's lots of really interesting things and examples, and yeah. I think you'll love it for sure. That's something cool. Yeah. Well, it's you know the one thing that's amazing today about this industry that's been true for years and years and years, but now it's ever more so true, is every day there's something new. Every day there's a new hack, a new breach, a new technology, a new vendor, a new software, a new startup. It's a popping industry. It's fun to be in. It is. It is, yeah. And it's it's not for the faint of heart, but it, you know, if you've got an ADD, I need something new all the time mindset, hey, it can yeah. feel it. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. Speaking of which, love the new. Let's go find out who our new guest is this week. Let's do it. Take a minute. Give us some Z axes on you. Uh, I know, you know, I just had mentioned we worked together for a brief time. Uh, when we were both at Checkpoint together, but then you went off swinging for the fences to bigger and better things. So why don't you give a little bit of background and tell us about Armo and what you're doing today. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Amir Kaushansky and I'm the VP product at Armo. Uh, before that, I did several uh, um, product management uh, through many levels in uh, different companies, uh, both in the offensive cyber market and in the defensive cyber market. I'm dealing with cloud in the last, I would say, four or five years. Um, and my passion is uh, Kubernetes. Um, we at Armo, uh, we decided to develop um, an open source A to Z uh, cybersecurity solution for Kubernetes. Um, and, you know, since, since we decided, I know that we spoke, uh, I think, a year ago. Yeah, many, many uh, months ago. Back, back, <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and back then we were uh, ultra focused on runtime security for Kubernetes. Um, I think it's something that uh, the market misses. Uh, but, you know, we talked with many customers and uh, many users. And, and I think that right now, runtime security for Kubernetes, it's like, you know, you have, you have a kid that goes to the first grade and you're trying to teach him mathematics of, of you know, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that most of the people are now starting with Kubernetes. Uh, they want to have the shift left hygiene uh, type of solutions. Um, and that's why we shifted. Uh, and, and, you know, I will gladly tell you about the shift that we made mm. and about the amazing product that we created, um, Cubescape. What's that? Let me see it again. Cube what? It's Cubescape. Cubescape, like escape, but with cube in front of it. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. So, so, so you guys pivoted. It sounds pretty significantly uh and so talk about what's Cubescape. Yeah, so, so I, I, you know, it, to some extent we did uh, some sort of pivoting, um, but, you know, we stayed in the neighborhood, right? We took runtime security for Kubernetes um, and, and, you know, the end game, we think that the end game is that the market will get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we decided to give the, uh, um, you know, the mass uh, of the industry um, an open source tool uh, that they will be able to easily operate and they will have all the capabilities that they need in order to secure their Kubernetes environment. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you're asking yourself, hey, Amir, but, you know, th- there are many open source tools out there uh, that, that, you know, people can use to scan their Kubernetes cluster, YAML files, CICD, etc. Right. Um, I, you know, I can tell you what I hear from customers um, that, that at the end of the day, you have many tools, but these tools, they don't talk to each other. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's partial tools. Like, you know, I, I'm not trying to say anything bad on anyone. Yeah. But have you ran QBench? Have you ran QBench at some point? No. I haven't. No, Patrick, have you QBenched? No, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. So, so QBench is an open source project by Aqua, which is, you know, a cool company. They, you know, they, they created this amazing tool, QBench. You can run it quite easily and you get a, a full report on your CIS compliance. The problem is that, you know, many of these tests, you need to run them manually because the way that uh, QBench works. Um, and then, you know, it leaves you only with understanding how your cluster is against partially, how it is against CIS. 
But now let's say that you want to test something else. Good luck with that. Um, you need to buy something. You need to purchase something. And if you want image scanning, you can take a different project and integrate it. And, and of course, this image scanning project, open source project, doesn't talk with the one that looks at the, right. your configuration. <laughs> Everything is connected. Everything is related. So we created a Cubescape. Uh, and, and, you know, if I can, I can show you some... some um, yeah, you some, can. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah, sure. So, so, so in a second, I will show you how easy it is uh, to work with it. And, and, you know, people really like this project. Uh, we have, um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's an open source, so you can go to Git and download it. Um, we have uh, 5.3 thousand uh, Git stars. Uh, the, the project is there from August, uh, which is not, not a lot of time. Um, I can tell you that we have thousands, tens of thousands of scans per week, people that scan their clusters. Uh, and we have uh, thousands of registered users, users that are using uh, our cloud, uh, a Cubescape cloud, in order to uh, uh, see the results and manage uh, all the results. Um, and it's quite cool, you know, Grant, that you have, you know, it, it's, it's a different product management. It's a, it's, is it a SaaS, Amir? a different... Yes, it, it, it is a okay. SaaS. So basically, uh, the way it works, you, you can go and download it um, and you can scan your clusters and, and not register at all. So we have uh, uh, users who are using it uh, in a completely isolated environment that is not totally, even connected to the internet. Just totally anonymous. I went, I downloaded, you know, I get exactly to Cool. I, I have to ask, exactly. I mean, I'm, and then, and then, and then you, sorry, I'm the bag carrier here and I'm thinking immediately, okay, so make money. I always immediately, I mean, it's a noble what? thing to uh, uh, do an open source project, but how, how do you generate revenue? You know that I, I, I you know, I, I I'm, I told you that it's not going to be politically correct. So we, I'm, I'm a Jew. I, I don't care about money. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's uh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I really, I, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that because whatever response won't be politically <laughs> correct. Uh, and I have to be back on the next episode. No, no, we. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so Grant, if if you look at our website, you you will understand the pricing. We we don't we don't really care about uh, money at this point. We we just care about community. Uh, we we think that you know we, we see that uh, we we were able to build a really really solid community. People contributing uh, to Cubescape. Um, and, you know, people come with great ideas. I yeah. talked today with a, with a user told me, uh, look, we're using um, another open source project to manage all the vulnerabilities. Um, we will write the, uh, uh, the interface to get, you know, Cubescape results into it. Um, you know, it's great. You know, people are doing, people are contributing. It's, yeah. You know, I, I told you it's a different kind of product management. Yeah. That, you know, for me, it's the first time and it's really, really exciting. There's a lot of... Look, you know, the one thing, I'm the oldest of this crew, right? And I can tell you, man, as every t the older I get, the more I know I don't know. 
and how amazed I am at how many smart people there are that just look at it differently, right? And I love it. I send, I, I, I send my kids quotes all the time. Uh, and the last one I sent is, you know, it doesn't matter what you look at. It's what you see. And I, you know, it's, it's, I, I just love the fact, you know, the one benefit I could clearly see from a crowdsourced or an open source is that you do get the benefit of all those other people, right, Patrick? Oh, no doubt, for sure. You, you get a lot of different perspectives, but then I think, and, and containerization maybe has, has, um, uh, turbocharged this, but I also think with open source, you get a lot of unknowns, right? We tend to, uh, because containers make it just so drop dead easy, we tend to sort of uh, import in some way from uh, various container registries, right? The the almost foundation of our of our applications via open source, and with that, can sometimes necessarily some not come with some some risks and vulnerabilities, right? So I think it's a it's a double edged sword sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that 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 you know when when we talk about open source. Um, I think that you know your view is like um, I need I need a product I don't know a database so you know I can take an open source database a Redis um, you know I can take a, a, some other open source project that will be part of my infrastructure. Right. We created a, a Cubescape as an open source project to scan your environment. At, you know, at this point, it's totally non-intrusive. You know, you can you can run it, you can you can take it out, you can run it on clusters on your CI on your dev environment. We have a plugin or an extension to VS Code, so you know we, we give you the ability to run it uh, as soon as uh, you start developing your YAML file, your Kubernetes configuration. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but but I do agree with you that you know sometimes. People forget that when they use open source and it, they take it from different sources, right. they need to check the source and they need to make sure that it's you know legit. Yeah. Um, and 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 of course, this is yeah. part of the value that we provide in Cubescape. Yeah, that's certainly been in the headlines. It seems more in the last twelve months than I would say the preceding twelve years. Right, the the exploitation of open source and how many are using it as a weapon um but certainly from an organization like armo you know that's that's different than you know joe's garage you got this really cool new plug-in download it now yeah. <clears throat> so and, and 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 practically grant i think that that it comes you know to the me to, to the discussion we had previously um i i agree you know at the end of the day you need runtime security mitigate these problems uh, because if you take an open source uh, that has a, a coin miner uh, but you don't have the capability to look at the image and maybe it's an unknown coin miner mm-hmm. or you know a, a mutated miner uh, and and all the scanners doesn't know about it uh, once you run it you know you need something to secure your runtime so i'm a strong believer in runtime security you know i think i see the industry it's kind of split into two. There are, there are these people that are saying you don't need to do anything, hygiene, uh, um, you know, uh, scan your environment, fix uh, uh, misconfigurations, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's totally legit. It's mandatory. You must have it. 
But at the same time, I, I do say you need runtime. If you think that you can go without runtime security, good luck. You know, you're just waiting for the next bridge to happen. It might be a little bit uh, uh, more challenging because you have good hygiene and, you know, good practices. But, you know, at the end of the day, we see zero days coming out, you know, every now and then. Yeah. And probably someone will be able to use that, right? So yeah. when you say runtime, you mean actual runtime um, watching, for example, execution and memory, right? Because now there's this sort of hybrid approach, too, where we can get some host base and container visibility through, you know, Orca calls it a side scanning process. I think Wiz has the same kind of idea, right, where they sort of offline scan a container. So, you know, we can understand what software is running and therefore what vulnerabilities are there, but we lack that ability to do anything, you know, as the application runs. That, that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, when, when you talk about runtime, uh, you need to look at the memory, you need to look at the processes, you need to look at the network, you need to look at other indications. Right. Um, you know, when, when I say runtime, I mean runtime. If, if you scan for vulnerabilities, you know, it's as good as scanning it before deployment, after deployment, whatever. But, you know, it, it doesn't have the same effect because at the end of the day, you see the bill of materials and you see the vulnerabilities in the bill of materials, the known vulnerabilities. Uh, but what about unknown vulnerabilities? And, you know, this is where we at Armo, we do have a very innovative solution. Uh, basically, these are the patents of the company, the intellectual property that we have is around runtime security. Um, again, I, I don't think that the market right now is still, um, you know, is, is, is in, a, in, in a state that it understands that runtime security for Kubernetes is super important. Uh, but, but again, once the market will be there, we will uh, definitely integrate it uh, into Cubescape. You know, to be frank, I don't see it happening you know, in the next year. Um, but I don't know, maybe, you know, something will happen uh, like a major breach and, and then uh, priorities will change. Sure. Uh, that's, I mean, that's certainly what, what tends to occur, right? Uh, Patrick, we just were talking about this the other day on how entire industries and companies are made overnight because of a breach and i'm talking about new different products maybe one of them is runtime security I, the example i threw out was there was an fbi agent i think that left his laptop in a taxi cab and it immediately full disk encryption became a thing right That's because right. everyone everyone went oh oh uh, and sometimes that's what it takes, right? That V8 or to just slap you in the forehead, right, Patrick? And, and yeah. hey, look, you got a serious problem. Yeah, I think in terms of like workload visibility, I think Log4j was maybe one of those for us, right? Because uh, I was spending some time at Orca at that time that that happened. And, you know, it was very clear that customers were coming to Orca because they didn't know what they didn't know, right? They understood it, where they had an agent deployed, they could get good visibility, but where they didn't, they couldn't, and they didn't know where they didn't, right? So having another approach that sort of could inventory that for them without having to get to every resource, it was a light bulb moment for some of them, I think. 
and, and so that's why I, you know, I, I always ask when people say kind of runtime or, or deep versus wide visibility, what exactly they mean, because I think the definition is maybe changing a little bit over time. But think, Patrick, think about all the, the, the people that knew about the log4j vulnerability before it was disclosed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and think about how many times we don't know how many times attackers use this vulnerability because it wasn't easy. You know, my, my kid, a kindergarten kid can, can exploit it, right? right? It was so easy right. to, craft, you know, to craft something and, 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 and uh, use it to exploit yep. uh, uh, your environment. And so, so, you know, I think, I think that in that sense, you know, when, when I say runtime security, I say things that can prevent it from happening way before it's known to be a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. So where, talk a little bit more, uh, if you will, Amir, about your company, where you're based, uh, who your target customer is, what's the profile of the user that you go for, uh, maybe, you know, some some insights yeah, there. Yeah, so that, that's a great, uh, a great uh, topic, in, in my opinion, because, you know, I'm, I'm doing cybersecurity um, I think that cybersecurity is not cool anymore, right? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing cybersecurity for, I don't know, 20 years now. Um, and, and, you know, I can tell you that you know, the buyer was always the CISO, right? Um, and, and, and the CISO was in charge on, you know, taking the decisions and putting all the controls and making sure that everything, you know, is, stays secure. But, you know, when, when, when it comes to cloud, and especially when it comes to Kubernetes, um, the CISO is kind of clueless. Um, we see that most of our, you know, it comes bottom up, right? It doesn't come from the CISO down to the networking people, use this device, do this, do that. Uh, it comes from developers that, that, you know, are seeking for something to scan their YAML files, to scan their EKS cluster, AKS clusters. Do you want to know that what they did, what they configured makes sense and, it, and it's not vulnerable. So it, it always starts with them. They are using a Cubescape, then they approach us. Yep. They want to ask questions. They want to ask, like, uh, like, what is the size of the company? Is it, is it you know, like, like you said, Patrick, who's the owner uh, of uh, Cubescape? Who's behind it? Um, whether it is uh, legit. Uh, and then I meet them, you know, they, uh, they ask uh, questions. Uh, most of the time they, they bring the CISO with them. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that's, uh, that, that's an interesting move that we see when it comes to Kubernetes security and cloud security. Um, and, and, you know, our buyer, our typical user uh, is the uh, dev, DevOps. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, um, some of it uh, um, might go to the CISO. So, you know, it all, also influences the product yeah. because we create a lot of features that are based on command line sure. and, and automation and, you know, um, and you know, interesting. And, and if you want, I can show you a little bit of Cubescape, uh, um, sure. how it works. One of the things I was going to mention um, and everybody wants the CISO, right? I mean, every security product, who's your target? It's uh, CISO, you know, and the fact of the matter is your comment, I believe, is much more true 
in terms of who you need to sell the product to. Because the CISO buys it, but surely in today's landscape, the fabric is so complex, there's no yeah. chance in hell that uh, the CISO is the expert in Kubernetes to identities to everything. I mean, it's impossible, impossible. Yeah. And, and, then and as we, I com- you're right. And as we define these like buyer and user personas, influencer is too small of a word, you know, to Amir's point, like. They're the ones that use it. And if you have a good CISO with a trusted team, their word means a hell of a lot, right? So it's more than influencer. It's like user, there's not, recommender even, yeah. There's not a successful CISO on the planet that doesn't have a stable of lieutenants his or her experts that he trusts implicitly, just unequivocally, that's the only way they can survive today. That's just, it's just a fact. And so I'm just completely uh, uh, concurring. It's that practitioner, and I agree. You know, influencer sounds, you know, I always like to think of it as the champion. Because that's really what it is. It's the practitioner that says, holy shit, Amir, this is so cool. I've got to tell Patrick about this. Regardless of who Patrick is, that's what you want. You want someone that's so jazzed about it, they're going to tell somebody. Their peer, their boss, ultimately it's going to go up to the CISO with that kind of enthusiasm. That's how it's going to get sold. Amir? Look, we, we we had this, we had cybertech in Tel Aviv uh, last week, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of CEOs came to our booth. CEOs, CISOs, um, and they were asking questions. What is it? And we told them it's an open source. You know, the great thing about open source that you you don't need to sell anything, right? You're not selling. If you want it, it's there. Try it. If if you don't want it, I don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so so. They were calling their technical guys to say, hey, you know what? I, I see this this tool, which is amazing. Uh, why, why, why don't we try it? And, you know, 99% of the time, the technical guy said, yeah, I tried it already. We, we're using it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's for me. Validation. Like, I, can, I, can, I can go retire. Uh, so l- 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 let With me no show money, you. With no money, but you bit. can retire. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't care about money. I care about a lot of money. Um, okay, so now you can see my screen. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this is Cubescape. This is the project. No, nope, um, not and, seeing uh, Cube. One of the great okay. feedbacks that just a bit of a delay. It's okay. Yeah. And uh, can you okay. go full and, screen? And, and, and one of the cool things. I, oh, I think, think it, it is, is already. Yeah, screen. it is. My bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And 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 you can see that uh, you know it's 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 a project. We have a lot of people who are contributing. We have a lot of Git stars, um, and and one of the things that we got as a feedback is that the documentation is great. I will show you it in a second. The only thing you need to do you need to copy this line, go to a cluster. Um, I'm using GKE, paste it, and that's it. You're good to go. Hmm. Um, and and I will show you. I'm scanning this GKE cluster. It's cube escape scan. 
um, and and I'm using this. Um, I will not use it this time, uh, but you know, just keep escape scan, and that's okay. I need to authorize uh, use because we are using kubectl kubectl. Uh, Google asks you to uh, approve it, but once you approve it, kubescape uh, starts scanning, um, and in in a second it will finish uh, the scanning. You will see it in a second. Yeah. Um, we had the ability to scan the worker node, so this is the uh, worker node scanning flag, but um, it's not, you know, for this high level, we don't need to go into it. Um, you see it's scanning the cluster. Actually, now it's performing all the tests. Um, and you see in the CLI, it tells you if something failed and it shows you all the resources that are failing. Uh, but at the end of the run, you will get, uh, we will see a table. The table will tell you for each one of the tests, we call it controls, which one of the tests, how many resources we scanned and how many resources failed. And it will give you a score. Um, you can see scores in different frameworks. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the way that we work, we have controls. These are the tests that we're conducting. And then these controls are part of something which is called framework. It's a, a, a logical assemblance of uh, um, controls and you can scan frameworks and controls but most of it most of the user scans uh, complete frameworks and then once you finish scanning you can click uh, on this uh, URL and basically it will uh, jump to the UI um, the first time it will ask you to register to register your cluster let me set the resolution. I, I usually work with two screens. Um, so, you know, now I need to change it to my laptop screen. Mm. Okay. Um, okay. It's mm. too small. Yeah. And, and, and now it jumps, you, you jump to a, a nice UI. Um, the, the, the basic thing about the UI... Um, uh, it doesn't... Okay. Hold on a second. I think that the sharing is uh, delaying it a little bit. Probably. Plus, you're over there and we're over here. I know, I know. But 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 you do feel that I'm close, right? I, you know, I, Amir, from the okay. day I met you, I've always felt close to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, same here. So, so here you can see that uh, I have uh, my scan results, um, and you can see that uh, I can see a graph over time, and, and I can scan from the UI, and actually I can uh, uh, set the recording scans. And the cool thing about what we do, and uh, I, you know, we show you drift. So, so for example, if in the previous scan. Um, I had uh, 14 resources that failed in this specific test or control, as we call it. Um, then uh, now it went down. You see it, uh, I have 12 or 53, and I can uh, jump in uh, and then see uh, the resources that uh, suffers uh, from this uh, problem uh, or failed this control. Uh, and then I can say, oh, this is a Ar this is a Armo system. It's meant to be this way. I can set it as exception, uh, meaning that in the next scan, uh, we will not shout that yeah. you have this and that uh, failed resources. 
or and this is the cool thing uh, grant that you know most of the users they uh, you know they like it so much that they use the ui is that you can click on this ranch and basically we show you the object as it looks in kubernetes in, in your environment um, and you're able to go and see why it failed and in which line it failed mm. um, so you know basically see that uh, this is the control allow privilege escalation and, and I can open the documentation and read about it but it says that in line 65 I need to add this line green means you need to add mm. and uh, uh, pink means you need to change so you know you jump here it, it tells you just add this line and that's it you're 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 all uh, good to go uh, and if this is too much uh, because you know, you, you think I need to go for each control for each resource and it's too much. We have the control view where you, we have tests and the resources that failed. And we have a resource view that basically you can choose the resource. Like here I'm using Jenkins. Mm -hmm. You can see where it failed and you can set exceptions here as well. Or you can go and see exactly why it failed in each one of the tests that we conducted and we offer you the remediation options so you know you don't need to be this kubernetes expert you just need to follow the instructions and probably you're eliminating a lot of the misconfigurations that you have and hmm. hmm. um, i'm Okay, so th this is the example of something which is missing here or something wrong that you've, uh, that you've done. Uh, we're trying to... Um, uh, so someone uh, set the username and, and, and uh, the password in Jenkins here. Uh, we took out the values uh, because we're trying not to save personal data in our environment. Sure. Uh, so we parsed it and we took it out. Um, that's in a nutshell the configuration scanning. We have the same thing for image scanning. Um, so you know you can yeah you can go and see all the images that you need to scan. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a cool way to uh, filter out the interesting images, um, and we added the ability to look at vulnerabilities which are remote code execution because we think that the user should focus on remote code execution vulnerabilities uh, because these are the easiest uh, uh, um, to exploit. So, for example, here you have critical uh, vulnerabilities, 33 out of, uh, out of which are a remote code execution. You need to fix them. So you, you can go here and, and log in and, and uh, uh, try to understand uh, what you need to fix and how you need to fix it. Um, and this is the detailed uh, vulnerability report. Um, and then the last thing I want to show you, um, which also we get, you know, huge, huge, great reviews about, uh, is the uh, Arbac Visualizer. So I don't know if you know, but uh, Arbac, uh, role-based access control, is quite challenging uh, when it comes uh, to Kubernetes. And what we did, we just visualized it. We created a visual map um, and we gave you the ability to uh, ask questions, important questions, like, I want to know who are, who are my cluster admins. And that's it. You get all the information in a click of a button. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be this expert. You don't need to be, you know, a, 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 to cube cut a lot of files and then, and then follow them. Uh, and if you want to understand more, 
you can say, I want to learn more about this specific user. Uh, and, you know, the tree expands and it gives you more capabilities. And now you understand that there is a misconfiguration here because you have two roles that are actually doing the same thing. And maybe you want to delete this one or this one. Um, and, and that's basically it. And everything I showed you here, you can do from a command line, basically. Uh, and, 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 and again, the cool thing about it is that we're asking questions, these controls that we, we created. Uh, we're asking questions not only about your configuration files in Kubernetes. We're asking about the configuration file, uh, your API server settings, uh, your worker node settings, mm -hmm. your image scanning results. Yeah, so more than and posture, on your right? <clears throat> Yeah. What? Sorry? So uh, more than posture. You know, you kind of, when you started, you sort of talked about, you know, runtime versus posture. But if you're doing image scanning, I mean, that's more than posture. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we actually, we think that image scanning is part of your posture. So, so for example, in, in, in the next sprint, we're going to release a list of controls uh, that will tell you, for example, Patrick, I think this is, you know, for me, it's amazing, but, but I think you will be impressed as well. We're asking, look at your image scanning results and show me all the, the uh, uh, images that has critical or high vulnerabilities, which are uh, uh, defined as remote code execution and our own workload, which is externally facing. Bingo. Contact. So, you know, yeah. that's... That's a context, yes. So, so we, we allow that as well as part of the controls that we create. And we think that this will help users, A, to focus on the right things, and B, yes. to understand their posture and, 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 and try to uh, minimize it as much as possible. Cool. Very cool. Looks like you guys are uh, yeah. definitely making a... A valuable tool for the Kubernetes users. I think it's interesting to sometimes I think what you guys experienced is um, you're so close to it. You understand and appreciate the incredible value of that runtime security. And it's that crawl, walk, run. You know, you're sprinting, but there's a lot of people that are just getting into just crawling into Kubernetes, right? Yeah, so, so I think that, you know, with runtime, um, it was definitely, I was feeling that we're trying to educate the market, right. why you need it, a lot right. of FUD, you know, right. you need to be, and, 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 it, was, and it was hard, it, it was really, really hard because, you know, as you, meant, as you said, people who are not ready are not ready to eat yeah. yet, yeah. That's right. but, you know, when we created, when, when, when Cubescape came out, you know, we, we started, a, we, we did a different approach. Instead of telling them what they need, we heard from them what they need. And most of the things that you see in Cubescape actually came from the community. You know, I have between two to three uh, discussions a day with users. Uh, I try to talk with, with the, in, you know, with the most advanced users, I talk in a cadence of one per month. Mm. Uh, and I, I, you know, they share with me things that they need. They tell me, hey, Amir, you know what? If you know why it fails, can't you show me? Bang, you have a feature. Mm. Um, if you know why it fails, can you show me where it fails? Sure. And, when? And, and can you tell me how to fix it? Yep. 
Amazing. Yes, let's so, do it for you. So does that So, you know, that, that's really exciting. And that feedback comes back to you or do you push it out to the community as a hey, Patrick said, why don't we do this? I mean, how does that how do you decide where surfaced or is it always in the same place? So, so, so we have we have uh, multiple channels, and actually, we we um, they are all accessible from the UI. Oh. And we have a Discord channel. Uh, we follow Git issues, um, and and we offer all the users to talk to me. Um, and and I, I get on a call with users. Uh, they tell me what what is the use case that they're looking for, and if I cannot solve it to the, uh, for them, and if it's not in my roadmap. Someone might contribute, right? It's an open source project, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then and then, you know, it's a win-win situation. Everyone wins from it. You know, it's it's no one gets money. Grant, that's the that's the idea, the amazing idea behind open source. It's it's boy, now now you're really you know uh, appealing to uh, uh, well not to me. I want money. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Amir, thank you. You know what, Grant? Yes. What? You, you, I, I will charge only you. Patrick can use it for free. <laughs> I will charge you. How about one hundred million dollars? Okay. <laughs> you know, true friendship uh, shown right there. You know, offering to to make a radical change to the organization just to accommodate me. Allow me to pay for it. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> hey, Amir, thank you uh, very, very much for coming and joining us on the program. It was really informative, very interesting. And thank ladies you, and man. gentlemen, check out Armo. Uh, what's your website? It's armosec.io, but, you know, they can go to Git, to Cubescape, and download it. You don't need to go through the site. You can go through the website, but... But then if they want all that there, fancy you know. visualization and uh, data over time, that's all included uh, with the open source project, too? Um, it's not part of the open source, but it's free. Ah, very cool. So I was going to you know, nail you on yeah. the money thing, but you eluded me again. Darn it, Amir. No, no, no. It, it is it is free up to ten worker nodes, and then there is a, there is a marginal cost. I have to tell you that we are not enforcing any policy at this moment. We just want people to use it, enjoy it, and give us a feedback. Sure, because yeah. at the end of the day, we want to create an awesome project that anyone will be able to use. Very cool. Yeah, we're Very we're cool. yanking your chain, but certainly the the value comes from you know all the different use cases you see and continuous yeah. improvement of the product. That we Thank you very much for hosting me. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Well, thanks again, Amir. Yeah, it, it appreciate you being here, my friend. Look forward to having Ciao. you back. Bye. Well, some of you might have been expecting startup stand-up, and you wouldn't be wrong most of the time, right, Patrick? That's right. Once in a while, there's a curveball. Well, that's right, and, and that's really what it come down, comes down to is we thought, you know, 
want to mix it up, want to be a family show, want to have content that kind of really uh, goes outside the boundaries of uh, certainly people as technical and smart as Patrick, but also to maybe bring sharp contrast to, uh, despite how huge it is, cloud security, 30 3 billion uh, in 2022, uh, it's still really small. And, and we often in the business uh, can be really myopic. And we forget if we go to a cocktail party, you know, so many of the terms we use, so much of the vernacular and dialogue, it would be like a surgeon talking to a surgeon. You know, I really believe that. And I got to thinking, you know, I, let's prove it. I want to just really kind of highlight that and show that. And I thought, what better way than to invite just an ordinary individual? And I say ordinary in in so far as someone that isn't in the industry, isn't, yeah. you know, like you and I, uh, certainly they have email and he That's right. uses other uh, yeah. technology, carries around his smartphone. But this is an ordinary guy. In fact, his name's Bob. So we're going to just uh, know him as Ordinary Bob. So I'm going to invite and ask Bob to come in to the program. Let's let him in here. I said good evening. Good evening. Well, uh, yeah, from Leave it to Beaverville here. That's right. So, look, what we really just wanted to do is try to highlight how much of a vacuum we arguably live in every day when we're talking about all the stuff we talk about. And I'm talking about the terms and the different oh. technologies that we reference that arguably a very small fraction of the public really even has a clue to what it is. And so I thought, what better way to kind of really highlight that than to have someone that's a, a wonderfully well-read and well-natured, ordinary human being. Uh, let's go with the human being part. Uh, my buddy, <laughs> lifelong friend, Ordinary Bob. And so that's what we wanted to do is just kind of throw out some terms. Patrick's has got a, uh, a few he's going to start off with and just, Kind of, okay. What what is it? Do you know what comes to mind? Not to paint yeah. you as someone that doesn't know anything, but to really um, show the contrast to uh, how specialized we still are in the world of cybersecurity and cloud and cloud security. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I'm on your guys's level. I'm probably a, a caveman. So. Um, <laughs> Let it rip. Well, I think you kind of touched upon it, Grant, but the other interesting part of this exercise for me is 
yeah, there's probably zero expectation that you know any of these. Maybe you'll surprise us. That'll be fun. But, you know, where you don't, how good of a job did our industry do in naming something? You know, you shouldn't need to know the specifics just to understand what a name is, right? So we're going to have you guess a couple of these, too, if you don't know them, if that's okay. 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 <laughs> good. So the first one we're going to do, I'm going to throw you a hint. I'm going to give you two words, right? The first one's software. The second one is container. Okay. What's a container? Um, I, I, I'm going to guess on this Okay, one. good. I'm going to say it, uh, um, it's something that maybe holds uh, information like files or something of similar to that. It does. That's right. It's a container for files and the parts of your application for sure. It's uh, it, in, our, in our industry, okay. it's been a boon because it's this, you know, b before we've talked in, in uh, servers, whole machines, and now we can actually ship software in these things we call containers. You know, it's, a, it's become an industry standard, these containers, and they, they're portable and they move around between uh, uh, users and, and, and different, uh, uh, even different vendors. So, you know, it's, a, it's been a big shift for us and that, that container is exactly kind of, yeah, you nailed it. That was great. Okay, they're going to get harder. Okay. About, right about now. Too, too bad uh, you know, Jay Lendo's not here, and this could, uh, you, you know, you bet I your can, life. I can hear the yeah, we need a bell we could ring. Jeez, we I can have fun hear with the this. In the background. That's, That's right. right. Let's see. I can, this next I one's going to be hard, and it's, it's one word. Okay. No hints. Lambda. I'm sorry? Lambda. It is a Greek word. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough have, one. I, I even have. Oh, come on now. We don't need the stage effects. <laughs> yeah, there is zero expectation on that one. Uh, and that's, it's a little bit unfair because it's actually the name of a technology. It's not a type of technology like a container was. Um, but Lambda refers to okay. um, what we call a, uh, a serverless function. Just like we said containers were a way to take applications and ship them around. Well, the more even modern version of that is we don't really use applications anymore. We don't use operating systems. We just write our applications as code. We upload them to the cloud and they run that for us without a machine, without a database. They run it as a service in a function called a Lambda and it runs function as code. So it's as like application magic. vendors... It's like magic. As application vendors, we don't have to focus on anything but the code of our app. And the, and the public cloud really takes all the other burden. You know, of course, we pay for this as, as software vendors. If we want to build our own stack and run everything, we can do that, but it's expensive, right? So we go to vendors like Amazon and on Azure and, and, and Google, and, and we upload our code, and they take care of all that other stuff. But, of course, you know, there's a, there's a hefty charge for that. But that's another really industry changing kind of thing that's probably happened in about the last decade where you know as a software vendor now you have a lot of choice where your code runs how it runs that kind of thing for sure that was going to be my next question you answered it good deal. awesome good okay grant you're up <laughs> what so, do you think well i'm i'm thinking i'm gonna come down even uh more fundamental yeah and um when when we talk about Cloud, public cloud. Hmm. What what does that mean to you in the context of, 
of course, uh, computing. I thought his screen was frozen. (laughs) Okay. Did I give you that deer in the headlight look? Um, Um... you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have a guess on that one either. Enlighten me. Here. Well, what about? I'll give you a hint. What about? As a consumer, okay. you you consume cloud services for sure, right? YouTube. You've looked at YouTube oh, movies Gmail. before, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is that on the same level as Netflix and all that stuff, or is it that is different? It is. That's right. Uh, you know, all that data resides somewhere that isn't your machine. Right, and it streams down. So that's a very cloudy app. But there's a yep. certain kind of cloud, uh, a, a a public cloud that we use all the time, and you know it's kind of our specific little area of of what we practice. And we expect that probably that means nothing to most people, right? The public cloud means something very specific, I think, to to us, but probably means very little to to you. Mm-hmm. I've I've never heard that in any context like that before. Yeah. So there we go. And it's we're all learning when you when you consider something like Gmail, like YouTube, like Netflix. When we talk about the cloud, all we're really what's happened is that infrastructure that is critically required in in order to make data accessible to anyone, anywhere with a connection, right? That we've achieved that, right? So the next step from, you know, Moore's law and the ability to compute more and more is... We figured out how to abstract things away from their original hardware dependency. <laughs> I'm listening. I thought, <laughs> Go ahead. I thought you were doing a professor. It's, it's hard. It's hard not to navel gaze. It really is. <laughs> we should be able to, to describe these things in a more general way. You know, like. No. I was actually, I was really intrigued by what you were saying until, you know, how else am I supposed to look at this tiny screen? (laughs) I'm staring, should I leave my mouth open? (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I was really intrigued until I fell asleep. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, But it it is... (laughs) Um, would would TikTok be in that of uh, category? You know, for the most yeah. part, it's anything that when you're walking around and you can get on your phone, which is really your supercomputer, right? I mean, where's that come from? Yeah, yeah. Very little where data lives on your phone. Apps, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Where? Okay. In the old days, you know, your computer would be where the pictures are. Now, when you go on to YouTube, there's nothing on your hard drive. There's nothing on your machine. It's all somewhere else. The cloud. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Now, is that what they refer to when you say the internet? Well, I think the cloud okay, has become a loose uh, synonym, right? For it has. No. It, it, this feels, you know, so much like what what is the cloud? Private cloud, public cloud? You know, what does it yeah. mean? Is that yeah. really cloudy? Yeah. Yeah. Is it utility computing? Yeah. Is it called cloud? Should it be called something else? Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. We, we we struggled with this because there's so many cloud means so many things to a consumer. It means the things we've been talking about with you, you know, the, the services you use to uh, an app developer. It could mean that it could mean the services they use to host code to infrastructure people. It means, you know, the, the Amazons, the Azures, the, the Googles, the instant on infrastructure, the scalability that I could never dream of in my own data center, right at the, at the, uh, at the tip of my fingers, kind of thing. So yeah, it's uh, it's exciting and 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 always growing. And you know, uh, fr- from our, you know, Grant and I focus a lot on security, but there's a whole other world of you know performance and economics. And yeah, it's a it's a big cloud world, but obviously, actually, it's very very small <laughs> in the big scope of things. Of security. <laughs> you ever heard the term phishing? And I'm not. Uh, that's. A, and I'm. I'm not. No, I know. You know what, I know no, you know what you know. Fishing is, but if you, in the context of technology. Uh, no, I've never heard that term before. So, spelled P H. Right, the bad okay. guys can effectively send you an email that says to Robert Hotton at Comcast.net from name an entity. I mean, I don't care. Name anybody, your bank, whoever. And unless you click in to see who that email really is from, you know, that's one of the first signs. And so it'll actually have an address, an email address that's spoofed. And it's really coming from Patrick7349.ru, <laughs> you know, or something. And now I'm saying, hey, Robert you know, depending on who it's from, some of the phishing can be remarkably specific. I'll give you an example. I had this. There's a woman who's in charge of all marketing for the Americas. Her name's Katie. I get an email from her. And I'm copied on it. But there's a, another person, it's two, and it reads, oh, this he's the person speaking, he'll be the one at the conference, he'll be able to provide all the information, and, you know, he came from the Dome 9 acquisition. Now, all this information can be constructed from my LinkedIn profile, But the fact that the effort is put in to craft this email just to get me to open up an attachment 
Right. They're fishing. So this is the start of this. This is how they hack you. This is this or is oftentimes hacked. the very early. They're the early steps on how they get in. And they plant their seeds. They get their foothold. Gotcha. They get a view. They, uh, you know, uh, they get a finger in, right? Yeah, yeah. And okay, and and the, their foundation. Yeah, that's right. And and the 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 fishing thing is actually, it's the one I would probably most expect you to know, and kind of would hope you would know. And the fact that you don't yeah. is probably our our industry's one of the our industry's largest failures right because yeah we really have no chance to sort of stop that you know exploitation if we can't educate users on what to look for and even yeah, how to use so true. the best and most modern tools that have great spam and phishing you know, filtering and, and watch capabilities, right? It's not just to know what they are, but, you know, to know and to be comfortable with the tools that do the best job to protect you. And until we get there, you know, like, I know I can't protect, it's hard to protect like our parents and, and, and you know, like old folks, but until we can't protect our, you know, our, <laughs> our, our siblings, boy, <laughs> it, it's tough. It's tough. Well, it, uh, it is because uh, we had a class at my last uh, job there about these phony emails, and that's how they. Yeah. And I never heard the term phishing, but they put those links on there that you push, and then they can get into your computer. That's right. But ever since that class I've taken, I've been very, very apprehensive about doing anything that I'm not really sure of. Right. That's. Especially with. Mission I mean, accomplished. It's kind of like. That's right. That's right. Mission accomplished for that class, because if there's anything, you should be hyper cautious of clicking on any link, any attachment ever, even if it's (laughs) from someone you know, because like I just described, they could spoof my name. It's really not from sure. me. Especially via and text so message. It, so easy. So easy. Oh. Well, if they make it like a, like a, maybe something from Amazon or... Yep. Uh, Do it all yep. the time. Uh, That's right. FedEx. Uh, but you can kind of, Yeah, you can kind of see if it's hokey or not. I mean... Yeah, yeah, just from yeah. The art a lot of the time, it's easy the, to spot if you've got it. Like you, if someone's told you and it's in the back of your head, right? It's great whether they called it phishing or not. Just the fact that you had that education is, yeah, it's, it's a lot more than a lot of people for sure, right? Yeah. Or, or they see it and they go, yeah, that happens. Well, I, I can spot it, no problem. You're, you're and, you totally know. naive to the the damage that could be caused yeah. here. Yeah, you know, there's another person. one called smishing. S M S Fishing, so they call it smishing, but it's the same thing. You've you've gotten the text message that says, "Hey, your bill's been paid. Here's a special gift just for you: your AT and T bill, your Verizon bill. They often exploit the mobile, yeah. and they'll say." There was one with the Amazon package. You know, uh, we tried to deliver it. Hit this link and you can go pick it up. 
Yeah. Exactly. That kind of thing. Exactly. A real, real popular one here in Canada has been, you know, I, our IRS is called Revenue Canada. And, uh, you know, they obviously when you hear from them, it's important. And so the spoofers are getting really good, you know, at, at impersonating them. They'll even call you on the phone impersonating them, right? Because they're in a jurisdiction where they can't really be prosecuted that easily. So they're pretty courageous in what they do. And it's a, it's a whole network. There's big money in it. So they're, they're not only you know, organizing, but they're using the same great um, scalable infrastructure that us legitimate users are building our apps on. So, yep. I mean, they're, they're, they're winning mm-hmm. for sure. And, and this, is how, this is how we do it, right? A lot of our data security standards mandate that we, you know, do that training on a very regular, mostly the time it's at least on a quarterly basis, you know, throughout the whole organization. And if we don't, we're, you know, we're penalized. So there's a reason for that because what else, you know, uh, in, in in the face of social engineering, what else can you do? You can throw all the tech you want at it, but what else yeah. can you do? What's remarkable, Bob, yeah. I'll tell you, what's remarkable is if you really think about the effort some someone went through to craft that phishing email to get me. Now, I'm arguably a high-value target because I work for a very large cybersecurity vendor. And so if they could find a way to get into me, you know, that would be big. Oh, sure. Uh, Grant, yeah. I promise we didn't talk about this before. But Grant, when I um, when the acquisition happened, when Dome 9 bought, uh, when Checkpoint bought Dome 9, the very mm-hmm. same thing happened to me. Mm. So I worked for Checkpoint for a very short period of time. Yeah. Somebody sent a note to Checkpoint Finance and said, I'm Patrick. Um, the banking information I gave you uh, uh, was a little bit wrong. Sorry, I was rushed. Uh, here's new stuff. Wow. Yeah, ballsy. Ballsy. And kudos to Checkpoint. Kudos to Checkpoint because they were like, is this you? They didn't have to. I mean, they're yeah. a busy company. I know they're a security yeah. company, but, you know, in an acquisition, it's it's chaos. You know that. Everyone knows that. Sure. They caught it. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. In, in this hyper-connected world, the bad guys get the news just as fast as the good guys. Yeah. yeah. The bad guys has that, have access to, to the tools just like the good guys. In fact, yeah. you know, we talked, Bob, about Lambda, uh, the uh, capability. Well, you know what? Now there's a new exploit that recently has surfaced written specifically targeting Lambda so it can plant what's called crypto miners, right? These guys that are mining crypto, so they'll plant them on your machine. Uh, Pretty amazing. Yeah, get someone else to pay for those CPU cycles. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Correct. Fascinating Was it kind of similar to all all the Russian uh, activity on the East Coast last year when they uh, hacked into the... You know, what was it? The pipeline and shut it down and all. Yeah. 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 Similar. Very similar. That's that's pretty sophisticated stuff, isn't it? I mean, to get into something of that nature. I'll tell you, I I did some research because I had to prepare for a presentation specifically on Colonial Pipeline. And in fact, uh, when the breach was discovered... You know, they kind of panicked. 
right? And shut everything down. Because they had really no idea where, how, how to find they it. got in and, and yeah. where they were at. It was later mm-hmm. discovered they got in through the billing system. Uh, but it was out of an abundance of caution, probably correctly so, to shut the rest of the pipeline down simply uh, because they didn't know if they'd gathered information to move laterally, do some more damage, uh, or what have you. Um, It's interesting, Colonial Pipeline chose to pay the ransom because they didn't want the data released. Uh, And this is always... You know, a big issue. Do you or don't you pay? Uh, did you hear also, Bob, about uh, JBS, the largest meat producer in North America? Uh, you know, meat processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, just, well, that's important. Every face, every employee got a Facebook message that said, hey, JBS employee, uh, we're shut down. We got hit by a cyber attack. We're not going to be working. We'll let you know by Wednesday. Could you imagine, you know, thousands of employees get this message? Yeah. That's a cage rattler, man. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's 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 lights out to it's some to some building. organizations, right? It really is. I mean, not to the biggest, you know, meat meat producer in North America, but right. it, it impacts are significant in, ec- yeah. in economics, in safety, like in, you know, in, in many vectors for sure. Four months it was inside before it discovered. Four months. Wow, that's that's yeah. also you know one of the challenges. It's, it's- well, isn't that kind of uh, the thing that bad guys are just as smart as the good guys? <laughs> Some are smarter. Yeah, and with, and with no ethics, right? That's a dangerous combo, for sure. Yeah, oh, or yeah that's right. That's yeah, right. I should show you, Bob, I've got a slide in a presentation where it's literally from a hacker. And it's posted on the dark web, and it says, hey, I'm not a pussy. I'll do anything for money. I haven't had a real job since I was 16, but these are the things that I'll do. And he's in Europe, right? Somewhere where he only will get paid by Bitcoin. And he's, yeah, he is expensive. You know, minimum is 250 euro, and that's just a burp. But he's saying, you know, here's some examples of what I'll do. Do you want me to ruin someone's life, their business, their finances? If you want someone to be known as a pedophile, no problem. Disinformation as a service. I mean, unbelievable. And this is prolific on the dark web. It's all for the money. Now, do they have anybody policing this? 
uh, activity from the bad guys, or attempting you know to, what I mean? Attempting Somebody to for sure, but you know we more than ever. It's just, it, it's just what we said, though. They're okay, yeah. they're smart. They're really smart. And we have been our we. I mean, I say the human collective, right? We've been our own worst enemy by how we've crafted technologies that obfuscate what you're really doing in the name of anonymity, in the name of privacy. Uh, you can do anything, and it's like literally being down in the sewer and popping up only in a manhole. Whoop, here I am at www. Let me go back to Onion, right? I mean, there's this whole other world that people don't even know mm -hmm. about. Are you familiar well, with what I'm talking uh, about when I say onion? Well, I was going to say um, that fake news organization, but uh, no, I, I don't know what you mean by that. It's, it's, it's literally I've the, never heard that. the same fabric, if you will, that's above ground is below ground. That's how I think of it visually, right? And instead of typing www, you start with something different that goes down instead of up. I mean, that's true. All right. And then once you get down there, you're there until you yeah. climb out. Well, these big corporations, uh, even like the government or the military or people of that level, they have to be uh, on their guard 24 hours a day, right? I mean, yeah, oh, a different level, a different level of guard. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they're, Completely. you know, they're they're they do employ really modern technology but they do it in slightly more conservative ways you know they're they have uh they're regulated such that they almost have to right and there's there's good reason for that to, to your point you know they protect some some pretty serious data so yeah they they move slower but you know a government quasi-government organizations you know state-sponsored stuff it, it's more competitive than ever they want they want all the same advantages that private industry has in this you know this amazing dynamic uh infrastructure intelligent infrastructure but you know they have they have concerns for sure so they move slower hey, patrick let me ask do you think most people really have an appreciation for the level of activity that's occurring 24 7 365 between other nation states we know all the naughty names and us i mean yeah, it, uh, certainly if if we saw a big ship park off the coast of washington or san francisco i mean that's right would be full right. i mean it would be crazy right yeah, yeah that's yeah. I mean that shit's happening all the time inside. That's right, and and our our view is probably super naive. What we know, right? Like, and and I think we yeah we're we're scared because we know a lot about how much that happens and yeah. how much that disinformation happens. And I think we're it's it's you know I'm reading the media about 
the the conflict in, in in Russia and Ukraine, and it's such a good example. You know, oh. I'm definitely not a Russian sympathizer, but those, th- th- especially that first batch of, batch of Russian soldiers, you know, they they showed interviews with them in 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 Ukraine, and they had no idea. Oh, they had a total different idea of what was going on. They thought they were yeah. welcomed with open arms and celebrated. You know, Tragic. Like they were told a totally different narrative on mass. You know, and that's obviously that's in a country where that infrastructure is set up. We understand that happens. We want to prevent it, but we have limited control to do that. See North Korea, right? But when the start of those things start to happen in both the United States and, and where I'm from in Canada, it, it, you know, it's scary. And then you think about when you take away identities and you can hide digitally, they're not yep. doing the same things, right? They're far more nefarious, far more, oh. right? They're organized. They're clever. Yeah. They, they know how to do this. So yeah, it's, it's scary. Well, and going back to my earlier point, it's why cloud security is forecast to be 33 billion in 2022, growing at a compound annual growth rate of 18.1% for the next seven years. So remarkable growth up to like 109 billion or something. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a clear indication to me that there's no end in sight. New innovations are going to give way to new interruptions and new exploits. Yes. And we're going to see that back and forth forever. But ordinary Bob, hey, here's a nice- What's that? Uh now, is uh, cybersecurity keeping up with technology? I mean, is it getting too sophisticated to secure it, or is it both going up at the same time? You know, they're keeping level with each other, the security and the. There's you know that trying flow, to say there. Right? I mean, there's yeah. been some recent uh-huh. advancements in quantum computing that is intended to thwart. Uh, the ability to break some of the current encryption algorithms that are used, right? The the computing is getting more powerful. We have to change and upgrade that. Um, I don't know, Patrick, what do you think? Yeah, I think, well, it's tough because uh, a lot of us are still learning about what the cloud is, you know, like, as information owners in the data center, we built these, you know, slow moving data centers and we don't really understand the security challenge of, you know, infrastructure that lives for sometimes minutes, you know, we provision something, use it and then tear it down. That's something we couldn't do in the data center. It's like a whole different paradigm. So I think that's part of the problem. I think the answer to your question is the bad guys are outpacing the good guys. They really are. But I think it's a place and time thing. I think as we, leave the data center behind. And and five years ago, I don't think I would have talked like this. I still thought we had a long time in the data center. You know, mm. you try to think conservatively, you try to think broadly, but th- at this pace, I'm just not sure we do, you know? Oh, no. Uh, well, but I think in five me. years, in 10 years, you know, we'll be smarter. Well, I see it already, sure. you know, compared to when we first kind of got to maybe, you know, uh, 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 the pivot in Dome 9 and started doing really well. There was so much education. Now there's far less. There's still a lot, right. but you know we're we're kind of getting it. So I feel like 
I feel like we're going to meet. We're going to meet. The good guys and the bad guys are going to meet, and, and hopefully we're going to win again. But I don't feel like we're winning right now. I really don't. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I feel like it's an ebb and, uh, it, 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 it's an ebb and flow, right? And yeah. um, there's, there's exploits, and it's no different than true kinetic warfare, right? And the distance uh, that was put uh, between uh, the two when a tank came out. <laughs> right. right until the other side got a tank right so yeah. but hey interesting to kind of just have a discussion with ordinary bob i appreciate you uh, bob Absolutely. coming on and just having a chat about this um maybe we'll have you back on a say again i said my pleasure for being ordinary <laughs> well The world's made up of a whole lot more people with your level of familiarity with the cloud and cloud security. Oh, sure. Uh, And that's really, I think, Uh, a reminder, right? I've got to break it down. I learned learned a few things here tonight. Perfect. Well, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a ton, Bob. Uh, Patrick, any final words for Ordinary Bob? No, no, I'm uh, I'm impressed you got that security training. When you do again, you know, let us know. Let us know if it gets better, if it's the same old oh. thing, you know, if the messaging changes. Because, boy, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear those stories from the trenches. Okay, will do. Awesome. We'll have you back soon. Thanks, Bob. Hey, thanks. Thanks.